0: couch everybody very exciting episode today with a new segment and a new guest coach eddie morrissey this segment is going to be called the coach's chair that name is subject to change that's what we're going with right now eddie grew up with my father they uh they played football together became friends and they still are to this day so a quick intro for eddie he's been coaching since 1989 he's been at places like austin p bryant princeton fordham oregon umass northeastern brown Marshall. And now he's the O-line coach at the University of Rhode Island. So just a heads up before we jump in, we did have some technical difficulties on this call with some connection issues. So you're probably going to notice that the final two questions that Eddie answers, they're pretty heavily edited. I had to cut out a big portion of those answers, which is kind of a shame, but I edited around it and it came out okay. So big thank you to Eddie for coming on the pod. One of my favorite segments I've ever recorded. Eddie will absolutely be back in the future. And without further ado, please welcome Coach Eddie Morrissey in the coach's chair. Why don't you just tell us uh, what your position is right now, what's going on at URI? You guys are at training camp right now, right? Yeah, we're in
1: a a summer deal right now. Um, I coach the offensive line at URI. Uh, This is my first year there. I've been a college assistant for uh, 25-plus years. Um. Yeah, easier way than saying thirty. I'm closer to thirty than I am twenty-five. <laughs> um, but coach, the offensive line, all our kids are up the ma- the majority of, might say, eighty-five percent of our team is up there, uh, and a lot of the local kids come back too. So they're all working out Monday through Friday, weekends off, and then we start camp on July thirty-first and kick off the season August thirty-first against uh
0: against Georgia State down in Georgia. Nice man, you you excited? First year, you guys gonna kick ass. I am excited about it. I got a great
1: room. A lot of times when you take over a group, um, you got to really rebuild it. And I don't. I, I'm fortunate to have a great group. I got uh, a bunch of guys that can play that are physical, love football, and unfinished business. They've had two years of seven and four and missing
0: the playoffs. And hopefully we can go out and make a run this year and see what happens. That's awesome, man. Lots to build on, lot to look forward to. Sure. We're, me and my dad are going to be watching URI closely, I'm sure, this year. Probably get down to some games. So. Let's uh oh, you let- gotta get
1: to the game. You gotta get on the sideline.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, on the sideline. I mean, there's nothing better. I I went to a when you were at Brian, I went to one game and it was it was just awesome. So we'll definitely do that again. Absolutely. Always welcome. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into our big topic here. Uh I want to talk about kind of the recruiting process. I think a lot of our listeners are gonna be interested in this, kind of how you recruit, um, what you look for when you recruit. So my first question. We're kind of jumping right in, but I, I want to know if you've ever gone sure. on a recruit on a recruiting visit where you like really wanted a kid, and then after the visit, it just w- didn't go good, and you you just your opinion changed.
1: Yeah, without without <laughs> without mentioning any names whatsoever. Right? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so
1: I had a this, this one's interesting now, so I'm glad <laughs> it wasn't technically the kid I was recruiting, but I was at Brown one of the first times out. I want to say 98 or 99, way back in the day. And uh, my I was covering for a guy. So it was an offensive lineman. I was coaching running backs at the time. And anyway, so I went down um, to Long Island. It's like a three-hour ride from Providence. And I walk into the house, and I've never met a more pompous kid in my life. He had on these socks with the uh, individual toes and that should have given it away. That should have been a dead giveaway for me personally. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I, I stood there for a few minutes and then I said, you know what, my man, uh, I'm good. I'm going to take off. I wish you the best in the recruiting process and uh, I'm gonna th- I'm going to get going. So I got back in my car. So it was probably three hours there and seven, eight minutes of a visit. And then a three hour ride back. So that was, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, driving to uh, <laughs> to get nothing. But the individual toes got me.
0: OK, so, I mean, if, if you're a high school kid trying to get recruited, make sure you wear normal <laughs> socks. That's, that's I could have looked, <laughs> looked
1: past it, but he uh, was I could have looked past it. But, yeah, it was not going to be a good fit. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair That's enough, I man. Sure. Okay, all right. Uh, how how often do you go on recruiting visits? Are you still recruiting every year?
1: Um, yeah, I would say the recruiting time is in the fall. You'll go on, and especially every every school is a little different. So uh, game week, it all depends. Like you, you know, get through your work, and on a Thursday night, you may leave, travel to X city recruit a kid on Friday, see a game Friday, and then meet up with the team um, at the hotel, or you're going to travel back and be home and then have a home game. So that's kind of in season. And then once the season's over, you get live in December. There's a couple of weeks in December, and then you hit a little bit of a dead period. Then it kicks open again in January, and then you have that till the signing date, and then you you kind of go dead again, and then you get spring recruiting. So you're there's times to eval, there's times to be in person, there's time to have them on your campus, all based off the recruiting calendar. And then you're constantly calling, they call you, you call them, you text them, they text you, they DM you, you DM them back. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant, um, you know, circle, circle of life, if you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, especially when you're also trying to coach a team and win games, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So I, I want to know, I, I think you're big on character and attitude, toughness. I want to know what you think of how, how important is attitude and character when you're recruiting and can you, is it easy to tell that stuff or do you, do you not know till you get them in person and in on the field?
1: I think that's a great question and guys are going to have different ways to answer it. So I'm going to speak about the position I coach, right? So I'll talk about the offensive line first. So The first thing I need is for the kid to have some twitch, some quickness, ability to get into blocks quick, and then he's got to be a dick, he's got to be an ass kicker, he's got to be all mentality, so let's, whatever you want, whatever word you want to throw in their mind's mentality, how you finish blocks, how you, it, it just, you know, one second past a whistle, all right, so how do you measure that? There's a lot of intangibles, you can say a kid has the size, he's got the length, he's got the feet. Um, and he, he has the attitude, you think, but how do you figure that out? And a lot of times you got to trust your eyes, you got to trust your gut. And at the end of the day, you got to go with what you believe in. And I think the biggest thing is seeing the kid in person, uh, being around the kid, asking the right questions, watching how he is with his family, watching how he is in a game, how he acts in a game, how he acts on the sideline, and how he acts with you. I mean, I think you can kind of figure it out pretty quickly what the kids made out of it. Some guys don't agree, but I'm going to I will sacrifice height, weight, all that crap for a kid that just gets after your ass. And for me, that's that's everything. Um, It it trumps everything, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you can definitely tell pretty quickly once you get them on the field, but you do kind of when you're recruiting i I would think you have to put it all together you have to watch the film you have to see how they act and and all that different type of stuff with their family with you maybe with their teammates so yeah that's that's big um i think
1: once you have them like if i if i get them on campus and i get them at our camp or i see them at a camp and i can work them out you can Mm -hmm. find out how they'll react to your coaching style and you can, they know if they're going to like you, you know, if you're going to like them. So, working with right. them personally is a big thing.
0: Well, follow up question to that let, why don't you describe for the people what your coaching style is? How would you describe yourself as a coach?
1: I'm probably an acquired taste. Initially, you may not like me very much. Um, the kids, are, I'm going to be demanding of the kids. Um, I'm not just going to let them get away with things. Um, I'm going to, you know, demand, I'll never demean them. But I'm going to coach him hard, love him up. I do a lot of stuff with my guys. If you were at practice, you would probably say, oh, he doesn't, you know, really care about his group. But then when you're in my meeting, you'd say, oh, he loves his group. So sometimes if you were at, like I said, practice, you'd say, oh, man, he's me. No, nope, I'm not. I'm honest. I'm fair. I'm tough. But I love my, uh, I love my guys. I think that's uh, the relationships that you have with your players uh, grows over time. Um, and it's all about trust, to be honest. I mean, they got to trust me and I got to trust them. And once they know I care about them, they'll, uh, they'll they'll do anything for you. It's like like anything in life. But um, I coach hard. I get after them the, the whole time at practice and um, have a plan, execute the plan, and coach hard because football is hard and coaching in the trenches is hard and playing in the trenches is hard. So I don't think you have time to be soft up front.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great answer. We also we talked when we were on the golf course the last time about my grandfather and and your coaching experience growing up oh. playing with my dad <laughs> and uh, I had my grandfather too. He was a, he was a tough coach, so maybe you get some of that from him. I don't know. You you broke up a little bit, but just go ahead. Would you want me to say? I, I said maybe you get some of your tough coaching, your tough love from oh, my <laughs> bro,
1: the boys' club,
0: the Elks,
1: no doubt no no it was yeah. uh the bucks i mean it was uh you
0: know the, the what, what was it take it around never gets old right <laughs> never gets old duck walking up hills of course uh all no, right uh, uh, I, yeah i
1: still got a bone to pick with i got a bone to pick with john varney john varney listens to this hey john you gotta call me my knees are still hurting from those duck walks up the hill my man
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to get John Varney to, to answer for the, those crimes. That was brutal stuff. Yes, um,
1: I, I wanted to an answer for that.
0: <laughs> All right, I want to ask you, so I've asked uh, a couple basketball coaches this. Have you ever been so so sure about a kid who was going to be awesome and then you got him to to come to your team, you were super excited, and he just turned out to not be what you thought you were getting, or vice versa, where you got a kid who you didn't think was going to be that good, and he turned out awesome.
1: Yeah, and I think anybody that answers that, that they've never had somebody um, is lying, for sure. You make mistakes in recruiting, you just try to limit them. Uh, there's been guys that I've absolutely loved. I'm like, this guy's a no-brainer, going to be great. And they had all the potential, the ability, they just didn't have the drive, the heart the discipline um, to be great. And sometimes it's a mix of both. Like it may not be a blend with the, the player, the coach, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I've definitely had that. And then it's gone the other way, full circle, a guy like, you know, for example, without naming names, a guy that we took at Princeton, he was literally the last guy taken in the class, high band kid, took him late, undersized, and he was an ass kicker. He got after you. He was physical. He was tough, you know, basically a four-year starter, uh, which isn't saying much the first two years because we stunk. But as we got better, he was a big part of it. So, yeah, absolutely. There's times you think, like, oh, slam dunk, this kid's going to be good. And then, nope. And then you take another kid and you're like, oh, this kid, he'll be all right. And then he really surprises you. So, I think a lot of it's on the kid, the development, especially at my position with the O-line. A lot of guys, in my opinion, don't want to develop. They want to just have the you know, the quick fix, and I think it's all about developing players. And to be honest, you may... Next thing you know, you may lose them, and they have opportunities to make money with this NIL and all that, and I think that's good. That's great for the kids to take advantage of, it. and if they get paid to leave, then go ahead and do it. But, yeah, I think you can make mistakes and you can be right on on a kid and then you can also be way off so it happens every year and anybody that says it doesn't is lying to you
0: yeah and I would think with that development stuff that you're talking about especially with the undersized kids and maybe the guys who don't have the the natural talent I would think a lot of that is willing to be coached and like you said mentality is that accurate you think yeah I absolutely
1: think I mean there's guys that you know, walk on, whether you call preferred walk on or walk on or whatever, they come onto your team and they don't have a scholarship and then they earn a scholarship and then they're a starter. And then they're, you know, a guy that's a great player. And then there's guys that are highly rated, a lot of stars, whatever you want to call it. And they come and they're not very good. And some of that is, uh, they just don't have the drive for sure. But I think to develop players, there are times to take an undersized guy and I'm all for it. I've had centers that are undersized. My center now is undersized. But he is um, arguably one of the best centers in uh, FCS football. He gets after it, big time. The kid I had at Austin P. undersized. The kid that, you know, we had at, uh, um, at Marshall can be undersized. But it's, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You've got to be a good football player. Now, I don't think you can have a bunch of small guys. You know, you still got to have some guys that have some length. But at the end, as long as you're tough and physical – there's a role on the football team for you for sure
0: yeah absolutely now I I want to ask you one more question about recruiting and then we'll move on yeah go ahead so I want to know if you were to say to a high school kid who has a recruiting visit coming up where the coach is coming to their high school they're they're going to meet them for the first time what would you say to that kid what should he expect and what would you want to see from a kid who you're going to visit so, as a coach, you go in, you check in at the, uh, at the front, you uh,
1: meet with the coach, you talk to the coach, you know, you talk to an administrator, you talk to a teacher, you talk to anybody that really knows the kid, and you're just gathering information. and you know then if it's during the contact period, you got a chance to meet the kid, sit down with the kid. Um, you've already had, I would think, some conversations. so um, do you have any questions? Does he, he have any questions of you? Do you have questions for him? And you kind of just feel it out. And then from there, let's say you meet the kid at the high school. Um, if it's during, you know, the spring, you're not really sitting down with the kid, you're just kind of bouncing around. But once you're in the December and you've had some, some contact and you're at the kid's school, you sit down, you have a conversation and go from there. And then, you know, you can have a home visit with the kid, which I think is great too. So you you go to the home, you meet with the prospect, you meet with the parents, sometimes the coach is there too and you're just trying to gather information on the prospect the prospects gathering information on you and i think it's all about the prospect being honest up front carrying himself the right way and just being himself i mean if you're there to evaluate the kid then the kid must have done something do you know uh you know joe and dyer what's your thoughts on him and good kid, bad kid, you know, and and sometimes people just like spew
0: it out. So great answer. Yeah. I think it, a lot of times, I mean, that, what that says to me is you just gotta be a good person because people, if you're trying to play college sports, like people are going to talk about you and if the wrong thing goes around, then that's going to affect you in a negative way. So, all right, we're going to move on just to a little bit of a different topic, kind of a fun topic that I'm going to ask all the coaches who come on here. I don't know how many coaches we'll have on here, but I do want to want to start with you Eddie so I want to do like a a self-evaluation topic of <laughs> of yourself as a coach so I want <laughs> I want you to give me one thing you do really well as a coach and one thing that you maybe need to get better at um I would say one
1: thing I do really well is um I'm organized and um yeah so i would say i'm organized time management on the field coach um with my technique and fundamentals so i i would say i take a lot of pride in my development through the technique and fundamentals that i teach my players um that would be one thing uh, i probably said a few things but i would say being (laughs) technically and fundamentally sound would be one thing i pride myself in and uh something i definitely got to work on is patience without I mean, you see some guys that are, and coaches have tremendous patience and sometimes i'm I'm not so I gotta sometimes just take a step back and have some patience before I make a decision and not see not be so quick to uh do so.
0: I like it, man great answer I think that's gonna be a fun little question for for all the coaches to come on and answer so yeah i gotta this has gotta be like a um you know, not just a one-time thing. I want to be, I want to, I
1: want to come on once in a while.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. We'll definitely have you on more. We, I mean, we got a ton of topics we can talk about. Uh, Things, things get to flying on the golf course. We come up with all types of shit. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Easy. All right. Last question. And then we'll get you out of here. So for the people who might not know the ins and outs of college football and football coaching in general, I want to know, like you as an O-line coach, How close are you working with an O coordinator, with a running backs coach, with a receivers coach? Are you guys all split up in your little groups or is it how does that work at practice and during the week? I think it depends on your offense. So when you're in
1: uh, offenses, I've been associated with you come together during the day in the staff room and you'll meet and you'll get practice ready. You'll have your thoughts when you're game planning. Somebody else will have their thoughts, the run game, the pass game, their protections. You know, the wide receiver coach may not be involved in their protections. I may not be involved in routes. I mean, those kind of things, but everybody has their, you know, um, area, what they're responsible for. And you kind of meet and you go through that all. And then on the practice field, yeah, where you're kind of on your own and then you come together. Then you're on your own, then you come together. So for me, I got my own little spot. We call it the hole where I'm down in the hole and I got my guys and we're doing our individual work uh, hand in hand with the D line. So during your individual period, you'll have, you know, 30, 40 minutes, the O line, the running backs, tight ends, maybe going against the D line and the linebackers. So you're kind of segmented. But at the end, you have all all different stuff. So you'll have individual. Then you come together for group and then you come together for team and then you, you know, on your on your own you know, after practice, if there's things, uh, things to accomplish there. I I think the biggest thing too, is you don't need to practice forever, you know, just going, you know, two hours, two fifteen, but going fast pace and being in great shape, I think uh, helps you tremendously.
0: Awesome. Great answer. Nice little insight into uh, what a college football practice looks like and what it looks like during the week. So, all right, Eddie, uh, thank you a lot for coming on. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. That was great. I think people are going to really like this, man. Thank you.
1: Appreciate you, brother. Always good to catch up and uh,
0: say hi to you folks. All right. Definitely will. See you soon. Later, bud.